Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy L, part of A and E podcast, and uh, I know you missed us. Sorry we kept you so long, but again, we are back. I want to welcome y'all, and I want to introduce my my esteemed co-host, my my partner, my ace, my protege. <laughs> what's going on y'all man so glad to be back man uh i know we ain't been on in a while but you know like you said life calls also we have some technical issues too with anchor too that's been kind of causing a little bit of a, of a delay with us getting some um some content out there but we back and uh we're gonna be better than ever as usual i appreciate all the support that everybody been doing like our views is still up like uh, they they reached numbers that I never even thought about when we first started doing this, but uh, I'm just glad to be back, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to 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 touch on, and uh, I'm just excited to be back, man. Me too, me too. And uh, I want to go ahead and jump right into it. We got a lot to talk about, but I've been telling y'all about this guy for what feels like years now, ever since he was back at Louisville throwing seeds to. <laughs> The guys that he had no business even throwing the ball to. Guys might not even made NFL. Uh he was a star in high school here in Georgia, uh Dooley County. Stop. And, uh, stop it. <laughs> Pont. Stop. Yeah, he from Broward County. Stop went, it. Broward went, County, Florida. Get he it right. He went to Louisville, you know. Uh you know, did his thing there, won a Heisman and went to the Ravens as a what, what was he the fourth quarterback chosen that draft one? Uh he was the Fifth quarterback chosen. Fifth quarterback in that chosen. Club. Fifth yeah. quarterback chosen. But I knew from that day, I said, this boy's got fire in him. You know, he's going to he's gonna make everybody regret this day. And, uh, you know, I want to go – you know who I'm talking about, people. It's about my guy, Lamar Jackson, my favorite my favorite player of all time. Uh, oh, my gosh. I mean, Michael Vick can't hold a candle to this guy. I mean, who if, – if That's if, true. If, That's if, true. Hair of Michael Vick anymore. I'm, it's blasphemous, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They don't belong in the same sentence. I agree. They do not. And uh, like I said, I've been I've been telling Tuan for ever since I met Tuan years ago. <laughs> okay. Look, it's this guy named Lamar. Okay, you guys see him. Tuan wasn't convinced that he was going to be, you know, what he was today. Y- y'all heard Tuan. Uh, y'all heard Tuan's top five QBs coming to the season. You know, you heard what he said. He didn't even mention Lamar. You know who did me? Me. I mentioned Lamar. But let's just get to it, Tuan. Uh, is the MVP wrapped up? I mean, I don't, I don't know how it can't be right now, right? Well, first of all, everybody who listening to that, y'all know that's a goddamn on lie. <laughs> and I'm the one who's been telling people about Lamar Jackson since he was in high school. I'm like, this dude is, and I think the first time I actually saw him was on a tape. Um, we were a scout. We we're about to play a team that he played against, and we saw him on the, on the film. And I'm like, man, who the heck is that? And uh, that's when I was like, all right, this dude, he the truth. I don't know who he is or what he like, where he's going. And then I find he's going to Louisville. And um, I just, I mean, I saw it on tape in high school. Like, you know, you know how sometimes you have athletes like that are really good in high school. They stand out. But he was like toying with people in high school. And that's why I was like, man, this this dude is something different. He's something special. But um. I think, of course, I think the MVP is wrapped up. I, I thought, I'm telling you, after week one, and I said it on this podcast, I said, I mean, he might be, I think he's already leading the race for after week one. All they got to do is just stay consistent and keep doing what he's doing, and um, he'll he'll wrap that up. But that whole team, man, the whole, that whole Baltimore Ravens team, uh, the organization, the city, 
the fans, like you could just see, you can sense it's like they're different. Like they're just they're playing with so much confidence. And a lot of that is due to what Lamar Jackson is doing on the football field, man. It is un I can't even describe the 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 type of play that we get. I mean, it's highlight real plays every single week. It's must-see TV. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, like, Lamar make a crazy play, and, like, I'm picking up my phone right now just to call. Like, man, did you see that? Did you? Like, you no, know, it's like it, it is must-see TV. Um, He's throwing the ball extremely well. Like, I've always thought, like, people are saying, like, he's having accuracy issues, but I still, on my DVR to this day, I still have games from Louisville uh, when he was playing. And, um... Uh, he suffered like he was like I think he had like the second highest drop percentage in college football throughout his career, and like got receivers were dropping twelve percent of their passes, which is absurd uh, amount of passes to drop. Like he's not throwing to Jerry Judy and you know the five first round picks Alabama got or Oklahoma and all that stuff. Like he just didn't have it. So um, I was like I said I, I thought everybody missed the boat on him. I said if I had the number one overall pick, I'd have drafted him first, and I'd drafted Baker Mayfield second. Now it looks like Josh Allen is oddly becoming the second best play, even though he his his downfield throwing is just it's odd to me. Like somebody who could throw a football eighty yards downfield cannot hit any deep throws is uh, I don't understand it. That dude could probably throw a strawberry to a battleship, but he can't hit anybody downfield. It's just strange, but um. Yeah, <laughs> The the MVP is locked up, you know Lamar. He's got it. Um, but I what what has impressed me the most is that the way that 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 offense is functioning, um, and the way they're doing things, man. I just I just the sky is the limit for them. And 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 the crazy thing about it is they're really not that that talented on offense. They have some good. They have some good tight ends. They're good, but they don't have a George Kittle. They don't have a Travis Kelsey. On the field, they got some. They got some good guy, young guys with some potential, but they're not at that level yet. They don't have a, a Pro Bowl receiver at all. They got a deep threat who still ain't even a hundred percent, and that's a rookie. You know, you try not two rookies out there. You got a couple old vets and, and Seth Roberts and Willie Sneed. Mark Ingram is just benefiting tremendously. He's running hard. He's playing well. But he's benefiting a lot from just playing next to Lamar Jackson. And uh, I mean, I actually think Gus Edwards is better than him to tell you the truth when I watch him play I, I like I'd rather have Gussie I think he he runs better I mean people forget Gus was a five-star running back coming out of high school but um yeah but yeah man I just um it's it's just it's it's, it's good to see and you know a lot of times people say I hate to be say the one I told you so but not me I'm like I, I told you so I saw this coming and, uh, you know, people always worried about, oh, what if you get hurt? And this, I mean, it's football. People get hurt. It may happen. It may not happen. Who knows? But it's football. You know, he's a grown man out there playing football. I'm not – it's not like he's out there blocking people in the trenches and all this stuff. He's playing quarterback. His biggest hits that he's taking, you know, he got popped the other night one time. Popped right back up off the ground. But his biggest hits have come from in the pocket. So, I just – um I just really it's exciting to watch it, you know. It's and it's and it's crazy too. Tell me how you feel about this. It's crazy too because we've gotten this back to back years, but we just got an exciting play from the quarterback. And it's like different. Like the way Patrick Mahomes did it last year was different. The way Lamar Jackson's doing it this year is different. Like it's just like I don't know, man. I'm so excited to watch the uh the where where football goes going forward. This is exciting. People complaining about all these rules and all this stuff. Like I like to seeing the ball going up and down the field and points being scored and guys having fun. Like this is fun to me. Like I don't like seeing three to six games and 
six to nine, six to ten games. I don't want to see that. I want to see high flying action. I want to be entertained, which is why they also need to start closing these stadiums. But I digress. Um, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, just the 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 way that you know we getting the, the play we getting from Lamar this year, you know, Patrick Mahomes from last year, and uh, just the overall play of 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 some of these young quarterbacks. I mean, it's pretty simple. People come people come to the games to watch points keep on the board. Nobody right. like nobody comes to watch defense. Like I, I hate when I hear defensive peers saying, "Oh, I hope I get a a defensive struggle." And uh, you know, I like. I'm sure some people want to see that, you know, people who truly love football. But, no, the average fan, kids, people want to see points get on the board. And the way that Mahomes said last year, the way Lamar's doing it this year, uh, I mean, again, I know folks talk about Michael Vick, but Michael Vick wasn't this kind of runner, though. Michael Vick was like, don't get me wrong. Michael Vick, I know he's a template that people like to say. I know Lamar likes to give him credit and stuff, but. We got to be real. Lamar got this from video games. He didn't get this from watching Michael Vick. Like, Michael Vick was not – that. the one play I cannot stop about was – I believe it was the Jets game this past week when Lamar had broke Buddy off. Literally, I think it was a read option he was doing. I think he shook Buddy when Buddy was in the backfield with Lamar. Lamar brought that man to his knees. Oh, that was against the Bills. Was the Bills. The, okay, the Bills, yeah. Yeah. When he shook Buddy and brought him to his knees, and it wasn't it wasn't no long. It's like maybe a what five, six yard run. But the fact that he shook yeah. like that and broke him down like that, that's the funniest thing I have ever seen. <laughs> like I I feel like I feel like I'm watching a running back who can throw the ball just I mean, that can actually throw a football and, and make it look amazing. Doesn't take any hits, really. Only time I really seen him take a hit this year was when he got when he broke Michael Vick's record, and you yep. knew, you knew he wanted to get that record. So I wasn't mad at it, but um, yeah, I'm gonna actually take it a different way though. So I know you said you were impressed by his on the field stuff. For me, I'm so I like to watch like NFL sound effects and mic'd up and stuff like that. I'm more impressed by the way his teammates are absolutely in love with him. Like, yeah, that's don't crazy. Get, don't get me wrong. I know Mark Ingram and Kamara, you know, they had fun last year. But you see Mark Ingram with damn near every press conference now. He is he is championing Lamar. Like, uh, in interviews he's doing with Lamar, they're mainly talking about Lamar. And Mark Ingram's not even really talking about himself. He's talking about Lamar. Like, his teammates, uh, offensive linemen, tight ends, Hayden Hurst in the interview. Uh when they were playing the Patriots that week. I mean, these guys love Lamar. And for me, that just I, – I guess for me, I didn't know he had the leadership skills he had. But to see how he's taking over this team, to see how he's on the fourth down play, what was it, a while ago? Like, was it probably months ago, whenever he got hardball to go? In Seattle, yeah. Yeah, like, the way he's getting his coaches and team to believe in him, nah, this is just different. Like, I, this is what I didn't expect. So, I think, even though I like seeing his on-the-field stuff, I like watching that stuff more because I'm just like, dang, like these well, Lamar fumbles a football, the entire team has come up to him. Hey, bro, we we you good? <laughs> we got you. It's not, it's not like Andy Dalton fumbling or you know somebody else. It's Lamar's got he's yeah leaving at him. So I, I just like that a lot. I guess that's all I want to say. Yeah, man, I I think the future is bright, really bright for him. And you know what's crazy? You know I, I love my guy RG three. <laughs> I just watched him. I watched him get in after Lamar got out. And it's just like it's like such a difference in the uh 
it's such a difference in <laughs> just and I've said this from like people always say like we've seen RG three before like these guys do not move the same. Nowhere Robert close. Griffin in a straight line is blazingly fast, but you tell RG three to stop and turn left full speed, and his whole body gonna fall apart. Yeah, he's he, not that type of dude. Like if I created him on Madden, his agility on a scale of one to hundred would be like a seventy. That's the type of agility and stuff that he has. He can accelerate and run in a straight line fast, but he did like Lamar Jackson. It's like he's always at close to top speed. He's never like had to open up really, but um, he's just always running at, at a tempo to where he can cut, change directions, and I mean that run against Cincinnati was just unbelievable. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and I really think they'll they'll probably definitely lock up the. Uh, the AFC North. So, just speaking on that division alone itself. So, that's that's. Uh, I want to kind of talk about uh, something else in that. And I think my, you know, if I had to vote for Coach of the Year, I definitely would give it to Jim Harbaugh. They uh, win if they take. But just from 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 analytical standpoint, so they like you said that them going forward on fourth down. I think they went from like fourth and one on their own twenty something uh, Thursday night, and they got like thirty yards. I'm like, man, this is nuts. But it's, analytically it makes more sense to go forward on fourth down in a lot of situations but uh, i would give it to him but mike tomlin has been doing a fantastic job out in pittsburgh winning football games with duck <laughs> quack quack duck <laughs> i cannot believe that they're winning games like that uh with him um and that defense is playing lights out um up front uh tj watt has been amazing um uh, Devin Bush, Joe, fantastic football. Um, I know going into the season, you know, a lot of people thought that Cleveland would be the team that you know to to try to take that division. Uh, I didn't. I picked Baltimore still, but I digress. They uh, they just completely falling apart over there in Cleveland. Um, it's just it's and. I just it's it's really like a a um it's like a, a a burning tower man just going down and it's sad to see because they have so much talent but um there's so many issues going on of course we know in Cincinnati it's just terrible right now so um Pittsburgh has an outside shot at a wild card or a decent shot at a wild card you know if they can win out they can probably I mean they they should have a a, a playoff spot if they can win out. And um, but what what are your thoughts on on um that division and with the Steelers and also what's going on in Cleveland and why is it why hasn't it been successful? Yeah, good question. Um, I'm gonna start with your Steelers point first with Mike Tomlin. Uh, yeah, how he's won some of these games, honestly, I don't know. Uh, but but I pulled this up since you started talking about because I actually want to ask you a few questions. So I'm, I pull up I pull up their their schedule. They went zero and three to start, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now let me ask you. I'm gonna ask you basically: Are you surprised they won these games, regardless of who's at QB? <laughs> and I want you to give me your answer. Uh, so after they went 0 and 3, they beat Cincinnati at home. Are you surprised? Uh, no, I'm not. They won that game. Well, no, I, I am. I, I, I at that time, right now, I'm not surprised. But at the time, I was surprised because how tough Cincinnati played. Uh, Seattle that first game. They almost beat Seattle in Seattle. So that's why I was thinking, like, oh, man, well, you know, them being – so at the time, I would say, yeah, I would be surprised. Okay. They won that game 27-3. to And, uh, I mean, Cincinnati, I think they just got their first win in, what, week 10, right? It was it week 10? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, so like I, I wasn't shocked by that looking back at it. Uh they lost to Baltimore. They went to one and four. Uh they ended up beating the Chargers. Were you shocked by that one? Because yes. you know, the, the Chargers will give a if it's any team that I expect to lose a game in the final few seconds, it's the Chargers. Like I right. Think, well, I, at the time, at the time, honestly though, at the time, I was surprised. Okay, cool. Uh they beat the Dolphins. Were you surprised by that? No, not at all. I, they beat the Colts whenever Jaco- uh, Brian Hoyer started because Jacoby Brissett nope, was Nope, yeah, not surprised by that win either. All right. Uh, let's see. They beat the Browns again. Uh, not surprised. Not surprised. Yep, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, they uh, they beat the Bengals again. I'm sure you're not surprised. <laughs> no, not surprised then at that point. And the last one, oh, Cardinals. Not uh, surprised. Yep. And I guess the Rams is the only one that really got me. That I'm just like, really? They the Rams, but yeah, that's on. So I guess what I'm saying is, I understand. Is I understand he hasn't had a quarterback, of course, but some of these games, though, again, I'm just not. I guess I'm just not terribly shocked. Put it like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm just not. I'm just not shocked by. It. But but here's the thing, though. Also, just like looking at it from their end, um, from on what Pittsburgh was going through now defensively, they've been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got one of the better defenses in the, in the entire NFL. But if I'm telling you that they're on their fourth string quarterback winning games, mm-hmm. they don't have their two top receivers from last year. Right. They they're down. They got a former high, uh, former college wide receiver uh, playing running back. Right. With that, uh, how like how surprised would you be still that they they're winning with with all of those issues up front and they missed their starting Pro Bowl center for like two weeks. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I definitely think he's done a good job. Uh, but I'm looking at some of these scores where the, the games were like, you know, 16 to 10 and like 21 to 7. Right. When the defense is scoring, you know, the defense is scoring touchdowns and it looks like about half, if not three three out of three out of these six or seven games here, they scored touchdowns too. So, like I said, I guess I'm just kind of, uh, I mean, just to be honest, you know, my division with the Cowboys and Eagles and stuff, we we about to have a, a team with a losing record make the playoffs. So That's true. I guess I'm kind of thinking about, like, I'm not surprised that another that might seem like a dumpster fire or trash, uh, you know, is having some luck too. Um, but let me get to that Browns thing. I don't know what the hell going on with them. Um, I know they got support about Odell being hurt and that he's got this uh, groin issue or hernia issue, whatever it is. He's playing through it. I don't. I ain't never seen nobody play through a hernia, so I don't really, you know, know how that works. Um, I see where Baker Mayfield's running his mouth a lot. I've never seen somebody have so many commercials and be sorry as hell. I've never seen it before. Like, right. I, every time I turn on, we can't go a Sunday without seeing at least one Baker Mayfield commercial in that hour block. You can't. You can't. You cannot find any game on TV. Right, and and uh, before you keep going, I, I you just brought us something in my mind. Like I was watching the game Thursday night, and uh, Lamar Jackson had already thrown like four touchdown passes. And then I like what the NFL is doing, like that little one on the thirty second commercial. They're not going to a complete commercial break. They're just showing a small ad and split yeah. screen. And one of them was a Baker Mayfield ad, and it came up, and they're just praising. You know, Lamar had just thrown another touchdown pass, and I'm like. Golly, Cleveland fans are probably like just throwing stuff at the screen right now, watching that stuff. But I'm sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, I'm sure. Like, it's, 
I mean, it's just hilarious to me, and I, and I agree with you. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, remember, I remember saying picture in picture, and I'm just like, dang, they they really going to throw LaFar <laughs> throwing a touchdown during this sorry Baker Mayfield commercial. That's crazy. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. Um, I mean, Odell's got some of the worst. He's basically got his worst numbers ever. Um, yeah. I, and I, he's not playing bad either. No. That's the crazy part. Why he's getting open. I mean, still Odell. That's just, I, I, It's crazy. Yeah. Um. I mean – I, I just think that team is – I think that team, looking back on it, was just doomed from the start. I mean, just with all the, the praise and the hoopla they were getting. I know Cleveland hasn't had much to, you know, root for in a while. So, I get why they did it. Don't get me wrong. But, um, I mean, just seeing how the season's turned out between, you know, the coaching uh, – well, between them saying coaches are going to be, you know, getting fired, between uh, Baker Mayfield getting all this, you know uh, – well, between him having his blow-ups with the media, with Miles Garrett and his – stupid ass trying to, you know, fight a QB. You got, uh, you know, it's like Odell's, you know, they got reports saying Odell's talking to other teams and saying, come get me. Like, it, it just, it's just Cleveland, bro. Like, I, I don't yeah. know if I gave him that much hope. So, uh, I don't got much to say. What I do think, well, I do want to ask you about, though, since we're talking about uh, that division, the Bengals. Um, I guess this is kind of a question for all teams who were kind of just trash, uh, are teams in the business of tanking, or are coaches actually fighting for their jobs now? I think they. I think they're trying to win games. I, I don't. I never. I never really bought into the concept of tank. I, I don't think a team will tank in football because it's only sixteen games. I only think they will tank when it gets towards the end of the season. They see that they're terrible because my the Miami people kept saying the Miami Dolphins were tanking all year. And I'm like, they're really trying hard. Like if you watch them play games, mm-hmm. like they were actually competing. Like remember that first half of that Dallas game. Oh yeah, they, they were, were really trying. Like they're they're not trying to lose games. Even like the, even last week, they've lost a couple of games by like field goals. You mm-hmm. know, like they have really been in games. So um, I, I just yeah, I I don't think a team will start to tank towards like the, until towards the like the the end of the year. Yeah. But um, I'm watching. Yeah, I, I just can't. I'm watching Miami and Washington for sure for that. I was watching uh, I'm watching the Bengals. Wondering like uh, when I seen them bringing Andy Dalton back. Part of me was thinking, like, okay, so what's the what's the point of this? And right, I get so sick of hearing on Roto World on ESPN, screens out this week sixteen. No shit, we, we understand. Uh, he ain't played all like, year. Yeah, like why why he's even why they why the coach even has to come out and say anything? First of all, if I'm AJ Green, I don't want to play this year. This is a lost year. I can't get a thousand yards. I'm in a contract year. I mean, I. Look, I, I don't understand why they even don't reports for that anymore. So, uh, I don't know. Who I, who I do feel bad for, actually, is Joe Mixon because as much as I make fun of him, you know, of course, on the podcast, uh, <laughs> Joe Mixon is actually out there trying not to get killed <laughs> every time he touches the ball. Uh, I don't know if that's the worst O-line in football. But oh, it's, yeah, it it's is. top three, though. It's top three. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, they are awful. And so uh, – I don't know. Uh, even 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 in Joe Mixon's grade, like if they're just his individual grade as a player, um, he's he's grading out well as a running back, really high as he? a running back. Yes, but it's just okay. there's only so much you could do when you get the ball and you got to make three people miss just to get a couple of yards. It's like it is nuts. No, literally three people have to miss to get two yards. <laughs> like, which you're not even exaggerating. That's the crazy part. Like, yeah. It's stupid, but uh, let's move on a little bit. I, I really, 
I really was intrigued by this story. I know we talked about it a little bit, but um, for those of y'all who don't know, the New York Giants have a cornerback named Janoris Jack Rabbit. Florida uh, boy. Janoris got cut from the Giants. And the reason he got cut was because of a tweet. Um, Stephen A. Smith and uh, Herm Edwards always, you know, say, you know, don't hit send, which is, you know, kind of funny when you think about it. But Janoris Jenkins basically got fired for calling a fan a retard. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, look, I, I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm very clear. I'm not making fun of retarded people. Uh, where I grew up at, you know, things like retard and, you know, stuff like that, that was, you know, how people would make fun of people. And and I know what Janoris Jenkins is saying, so I'm not condoning what he said, but I do think it's kind of crazy that uh, he did get fired for it. I think it's showing how sensitive things are nowadays. Um, I, I, I really think, I guess I'm thinking about it, like when I saw his tweet after the fact he got fired, he said, thank God, you know, I, the best the best news I've had all day or all year or something like that. Mm. Got cut by the Giants, but I kind of want your thoughts on uh, what do you think about Janoris getting cut for calling somebody a retard? Well, it's almost like, first of all, I just hope the Patriots don't pick him up because Jack Rabbit can play, and he can play man coverage. And it's going to be, I just hope, if he clears waivers, I don't I don't know if he will. I think that the claims could be put in on Monday. For him. Somebody, somebody's going to pick him up. Um, I, I I don't know what New York is doing with this now. Apparently, they're saying like just because he didn't apologize for it <laughs> is the real is the real reason. Not so much that he said it, but it's just that he didn't apologize for it. And it was catching all kind of hell. And I, you do have to you do have to exercise when you're an athlete on that level. Um, you you do have to exercise some prudence when dealing with and interacting with fans on social media like you you just you gotta you gotta be conscious of your surroundings so all in all is there anything wrong with what he do i feel like is anything wrong with what he said no i don't care i don't think it's a big deal at all like he said i mean the fans probably fans are probably saying all kind of crazy stuff to him and he's just saying one thing back like it's not a big deal to me however on the flip side i think that you know you know he, he does have to exercise some like you just you gotta exercise some prudence, man. You gotta use a little bit of wisdom in in your interactions, and uh, and then they, they you know the Giants cut him, but at the same at the same time, it's a blessing in disguise. I, I feel because now he's gonna look look he's gonna be going into a better situation, and uh, you know a contending team can pick him up. So man, that'll be that'll be really big to see. Um, so yeah, that's 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 pretty much my thoughts on that. I just I couldn't believe when they said that he's he said the R word. Like when did that become a thing where you can't say retarded? That's not mental. That is a mental diagnosis. Like this, the, the world. The, I don't even want to get started on all that stuff. I didn't know there was an R word. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's nuts. When I heard when I heard the, the F word for like you know faggot, I was like, well, I, I didn't know there was an F word. And, and I I know people have certain feelings and sensitive nowadays, but um, I, I guess. So I want to get this for two reasons. Number one, I want to talk about this because are we really hiring people for for words now? And I guess I'm asking that because I remember the other week when they had this whole big blow up about that uh that uh that analyst who basically said about Lamar Jackson, it's easy for him to hide the ball in his dark jersey and dark skin. Yeah, well, I, that that wasn't. I... He he didn't get fired for that, right? He got suspended. He got suspended. Right. But 
um, when I was actually thinking about it, I'm like, all right, so if we're going to start firing everybody with words they say, the people who I like to, people say stupid stuff all the time. So all the time. Stephen A., he's getting fired. Like, it was funny because the black panel they had on first take that day, I remember they said, we cannot start firing people for saying stupid stuff because if that's the case, none of us will have jobs. And that's true. I mean, yeah. most stupid stuff all the time. And so I guess I'm just kind of thinking like, look, if the Giants wanted to cut him, I feel like they cut him for other reasons, whether they felt like maybe he just wasn't playing up the standard, whether they just didn't, whether they wanted to cut salary. I just think saying we cut him because basically the retard, like I think that's a cop out personally. Yeah. Like, like, but I don't I, understand why still, because he's still the best player on their defense. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said I don't look at Maybe it they're trying to get out of the contract. That's that's what I don't know. That's what I'm saying. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, that just didn't make any sense to me. So, like I said, I think that's why he got cut. But also, the funniest thing I saw in response to this, because I like going through comments. <laughs> I seen one of the people who I thought was brilliant, by the way. The person said, this is the new way to get out of a contract or to get released from your team to go play elsewhere. And just say something stupid and your team will cut you. Mm. What, what you think about that, Twan? Because I thought that was kind of brilliant. I'm like, dang. So let's say, uh, like, like, let's just say it's a disgruntled veteran, uh, Michael Bennett. Hey, Michael Bennett, why not, right? Let's say he wants to go to a Super Bowl contender. He says some crazy stuff by his coach, gets cut, gets picked up by somebody else. Is that the new way to actually get off a team that you don't want to be on? I I don't think so. I, I think that's too you paying too. That's too much of a dangerous game you're trying to play. You know, like I I don't think that's something that. I yeah, there's no way you can't play that game of uh, you know teams not wanting to take risk on you. Um, you won your way, like. You know, I, I'm like I'm all for guys wanting, you know, to be independent, be their own entities. But you gotta realize you gotta do that outside of football. You can't like you play in the National Football League, and they have an organization that's their shield. You play for them, and you're a part of that. But there are things that you could do to be not a part of that. And uh, if one team see you doing something foul, the whole all 32 teams could look at you a certain way. You know. And um and your talent is definitely also going to have to outweigh any potential headache you can bring, you know. And a lot of teams just that with it. Like I mean, there there's literally hall. I'm not even gonna say his name. There's Hall of Fame talent sitting at home right now. Ab that nobody will sign because he's not worth it. That's Hall of Fame talent. You know, it's not worth it. So yeah, I I don't think guys was. I don't think that'll be a new precedent precedent um, being set. By this, because I I don't, I don't think this was even purposeful, but I'm. It looks like Jack Rabbit is happy about it. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think it depends on what kind of vet you are. I think if you're established, if you're a if you're a veteran who wants who's put in the years, who's got a bunch of paychecks, I don't think it's crazy for him to do that. I think if it's somebody who's young, who's not proven, who hasn't had a chance to sign a big contract, then yeah, I can see how that's crazy. But let's just say Odell like does something stupid and he gets cut. I know for a fact his team's waiting for him to, you know, to sign him. And so that's why I'm like, well. Oh, yeah. Uh, he won't make it through waivers. That's what I'm saying. And so that's why I'm like, well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let me see. What else with the NFL can we talk about? Uh, hey, let's talk about – Um, so 
we, we, we're, we're at this point that anybody, if you're listening to our podcast right now, of course, you've been following everything that's going on in, in the NFL. So, you know, we got the top teams in the AFC. We got the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the um, Kansas City Chiefs, the uh, New England Patriots. We got those three teams at the top over there, you know, Houston as well. And over in the NFC, it's pretty crowded at the top. So w- what are your thoughts on what's going on over there in the NFC um, right now at the top with um, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Saints? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, the Packers, the Vikings, man, it's some really good teams. And I really don't know if it's just that they're really good teams, or but it's just a lot of good uh, high winning team. They're they're literally gonna be like five teams five or they have five teams um with at least like almost ten wins going to the playoffs. That is that is nuts with at least ten wins. And yeah. now of course we know the, the whoever come out of the NFC East is gonna be terrible, but you know that's yeah. But yeah. what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on the on the NFC and the AFC? Just give me your thoughts both of them. Uh well I'm gonna start the NFC since you brought it up first. Uh I think the 49ers and the Seahawks are the cream of the crop. Okay. That, that being said, um, I do not trust Jimmy G still, even though he's had a hell of a few weeks, uh, or a hell of a few weeks in a row, I'll say. And um, I, I just I just don't trust San Francisco quite yet. Um, Seattle, I do think – I think it's going to come down between Seattle and the Saints. Um if I had to pick today, what I think is coming out, I think I'm actually rolling with the Saints only because I think they'll get home field. That's the only reason I think I'd roll with them to come out the NFC. Mm-hmm. Like you said already, the uh, NFC East, it, I mean, we might as well talk about reseeding because that shit is. Well, why not? Um, what's your, uh, why not? Uh, well, you're just saying that because you don't really believe in, uh, Jimmy G. But what about the teams in the NFC North with uh because no. Chicago's coming along right now. No. Um they're they're three the the Chicago, the Packers, and the Vikings. Those if are I'm, if I'm in the playoffs, I would love to play Chicago. Okay. Yeah, I'm not scared of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers only because the Packers t- that's one team I think is completely overrated. Um I the Packers to me struggle struggle just be moving the ball in most games. Um yeah. I don't know where it is. Ever since Jordan, ever since Jordan Nelson and uh, whenever Aaron Rodgers had Jordan Nelson, Devontae, you know those guys together. I know they was explosive. They was crazy. I don't know what happened. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is still on that. I don't trust my receivers thing or not. But Aaron Rodgers is just not Aaron Rodgers no more. Um, I've never seen him hand the ball off so much and check the ball down so much as running backs. And so, um, I mean, even though they're winning games, I'm not really impressed by the way they're winning. Uh, I feel like it's only been one game this year when they played the Raiders where they absolutely blew the mess out of that team by, like, 40-something points. Other than that, uh, most of their wins are close, but I, I just don't trust them, really. Like, I mean, so uh, the Vikings, I think Dalvin Cook is the best thing smoking uh, at running back right now besides White Reggie, Chris McCaffrey, of course. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't trust uh, – I really don't trust Mike Zimmer like that. And, they, like – that defense giving up so many points. Yeah, I'm not used to seeing them give up that many points. And the NFC, like I said, the Bears, no, nah, they, they just don't scare me. So that's why I said I think Saints are uh, 
or or Seahawks because I just really don't trust. It's a lot of parity, I would say, in the NFC. Period. Put it like that. Anybody? Mm-hmm. Can um, before I go to the NFC, the AFC, what you think about NFC though? Since you brought it. Um. Uh, right now, I just I can't put my finger on them at all. I mean, there's so many good teams at the top of it. I mean, see, I mean, New Orleans defense was playing great, and then all of a sudden they're not. They're you not. know, they're giving up a bunch of points. Then you got a lot of. Um, I don't think that Seattle has enough weapons. Uh, well, I, I'm not not said um, enough weapons on defense. Now, of course, they got Wagner and Clowney's been playing out of his mind. But I just don't know how, if I could trust their secondary, and they're so run heavy. Like I don't know if they if they get in the shootout, would they be able to hang? Um, and um, I just I just don't know what to make of these teams at the top. But it just I just know that the top of the NFC and the bottom of the NFC, there's like a big gap, and um, they're just beating up on a lot of pretty bad teams, and then they're playing, but they're playing each other tough. So I, it's, I I really can't put my um I can't, I can't put my finger on that. Okay, makes sense. Um, I guess as far as the AFC goes, uh, I mean, truth be told, I think it's only one team in the AFC that's even worth talking about. And that's the Baltimore Ravens, only because of I don't honestly understand what kind of defense you play against Lamar Jackson. You cannot spy him. You cannot sit there and blitz him like crazy anymore because he can throw now. Uh, I mean, and like you said, they don't have they don't have like the just crazy explosive weapons on offense. They've got you know some good tight ends. They've got a you know a good a great deep threat who still probably hasn't quite learned what he's doing, but he's still you know doing his deals. And I mean, it's I I, I literally think coaching and the fact that they've actually catered to Lamar Jackson and his skill set. Is the greatest. Is something that a lot of coaches can learn from. So, um, I'm not impressed by the Patriots as much as I. I mean, I'm not counting them out, but I'm not impressed by the Patriots. I'm not impressed by the Chiefs. I, I would like to say Pat Mahomes is, you know, I told you he's the greatest quarterback of all time before. I. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, I said he's the best quarterback of all time. I still mean that, but uh, that offense is just looking a little different. I don't know what it is. Uh, I really don't. The defense is – I don't really trust them much either. Um, and what's the other AFC team I'm thinking about? Oh, Deshaun Watson. Y'all know damn well. Wow. So, uh, it's no way I can see him making a deep run in the playoffs. So, give me your AFC take. Um, I, I, Of course, I think um, Baltimore is the class of the AFC right now. But I'm not so – I'm not as down on Kansas City – as you are, um, I think the defense is playing better than they were at the beginning of the year. Of course, they got Chris Jones back. They're playing pretty good on the back end, too. I mean, they're, they're still kind of susceptible to the run. Frank Clark is playing better. Uh, looking like he's trying to earn the money, that all that money that they paid him. Yeah. But um, the offense has taken a step back. There's no denying that. Of course, having Patrick Mahomes out for two weeks and dealing with the ankle – and now he's dealing with the little hand injury, and on top of the dislocated kneecap, it's just it's been a lot. Um, when them Tyreek was out about two weeks, it was I mean I, I think he was out. He we, he only played like one series versus the Chargers when they played in Mexico, and he had his hamstring injury. Right. And then I think he was out the next week. So um, I still think they're still trying to find their stride. I still think they can hit it. Um, 
So I'm really not. I'm not as down on them as 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 you are, but I am down on New England. Like I never really bought into it. You know, they were talking about how great that defense was, and I'm like, they're playing terrible quarterbacks. It's going to come a stretch when they got to play some really good quarterbacks. And, you know, th- we're really going to find out what they're about. They play Lamar. Lamar ran rough shot over them. Uh, you got uh, Patrick Mahomes did what he was doing. I really – I thought, um, of course, Deshaun Watson beat them easily. And to be honest, I thought Dak, I thought the Cowboys would have beat them had they played in a game where if they played in Dallas, I think the Cowboys would have won. But you're playing in 20 degrees and it's raining, like that crap. Like any defense can look good in that type of weather. But I feel like if they'd have played in a you know in a better setting that you know they would have got beat by Dallas. So let me ask you this, because the thing that's concerning me about the Chiefs, it's not so much the defense. It's for me, it's Pat. Um, yeah. I watch a lot of I watch the Chiefs every Sunday only because he's a quarterback in fantasy, right, y'all? And what's killing me about Pat is that Pat's missing a lot of throws this yes, year. Yes, he is. He is uh, missing more. If they're not overthrows, then I mean it's just like I don't know I don't know what it is, but like I said, Pat just does not look like Pat from last year. And don't get me wrong, I think we should expect some regression because again, uh I mean, he had a fantastic season. I think he's better, you know, as far as his mind and everything. I know he took a little a little weird injury this year. I know he's got to get back right. Had some, you know, minor injuries, of course, as well throughout the season. But mm-hmm. like, for me, it's just Pat, though. I'm seeing him overthrow and just not make plays he's used to making. So, I think for me, that's more the main concern I have with them. It's just Pat. And I hate right. Pat. My thing is, I, I just I can really see them. Like, I if they make it to the Super Bowl, like I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Now, with Tina would surprise me. Like, if if Houston made it, or even New England, like I know, it's like it's it, you wouldn't be surprised. But this year, I'm like I'm I've never been on the train with them. I'm like I just don't see it. Their offense is terrible. You can't run the ball. They can't throw the ball. They can't have any explosive plays. Yeah. And they play in a division where no quarterback, like you really get six games against quarterbacks who can't throw. Like that is, I mean, they're the rookies or I won't say they can't throw, but they're just, they're rookies. They're young guys who aren't like at the, the upper echelon of quarterbacks. And anytime they played an upper echelon quarterback, they've lost. So. Yeah. I don't know. I, I look, I want to, I want to listen to one of our earlier podcasts. I remember, uh, Basically, before we start talking about it, um, you had asked me about New England, and one of the things I said was I think that I said I didn't think they win the championship this year because they don't have Gronk. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't pick a team, but I just said they want to have Gronk, so they struggle. Um, as much as I want to say I'm right, I think it's more than Gronk. <laughs> like this team as a whole just looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, They've gone through a merry-go-round of receivers. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. Um, I guess to finish up with the NFL right quick, we got some great news today. I don't know if you heard, but the NFL and Colin Kaepernick are done with each other. now. Thank so, you. Lord, so, have mercy. Not to hear any more stories about Cap trying to get in the NFL. Um, thank God. Uh, I just – uh, I'm so tired of hearing about that. And uh, and the last thing I want to talk about. <sighs> All right. How's the best way to say this? A man got fined for celebrating. Um, mm-hmm. 
Marcus Peters, the cornerback for the Ravens, uh, he got fined for I can't believe I'm about to say this for drinking a beer <laughs> um, with the fans. Stone Cold style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing that thing back. <laughs> uh, now he didn't get fined. You know, one, two, three, four, five thousand. No, they found this fourteen thousand dollars. Okay, I'm sorry, fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand and thirty-seven dollars to be exact. <laughs> um, now I've seen, I've seen LeBron James, you know, have a sip of somebody's drink on the sideline. The court when he fell into him. I've seen a lot of weird stuff uh, with other players drinking drinks and stuff like that. I've seen, uh, I've seen Giannis do it. Uh, Fourteen thousand dollars, one for having fun with the fans. Yes, yeah, that's just a bit overboard, but rules are rules. And um, I think I think a good way to uh, for them to like usurp that fourteen thousand dollars is whoever he drinks. Somebody needs one of those beer companies need to come with a with a sponsorship or some kind of some kind of deal to pay that off for yeah. them. That was my yeah, first for thought. him. That was my first thought. He's about to get plus, about to get a sponsorship. Yeah, plus it's gonna be a tax write off for him anyway because it's going to charity. <laughs> so he's right. gonna write that off on his taxes. Right. Right. Well, uh, all right, let's go ahead and just move on then. Uh, we are currently recording during the Heisman ceremony. Uh, Joe Burrow from the LSU Tigers just won the Heisman. I think we all pretty much knew that was going to happen. Right. Um, I like to call Joe Burrow young Tom Brady. Uh, okay. I don't even know why, but I just do. Uh, but the thing that's crazy to me, and I, uh-oh, it's getting emotional. Tawan, you might want to start talking. Uh, I think I'm going to need about a few seconds here. No, no, no. Yeah, all right, man. Uh, but you know his story, just in general, though, um, from being a backup at Ohio State to uh, to coming to LSU, and then not only just going to LSU, but he wasn't even that good last year. He was, he was okay, you know. And then they bring in that coach, and uh, they write the ship, and then, you know he's throwing all those athletes, and he's making plays. Joe Burrow is one heck of an athlete too. Like I think he's Mr. Ohio in basketball too. So he's he's a heck of an athlete. Um, I still, uh, I don't know how he's, how good he's gonna be at the next level. I, I still, I, I'm not ready to crown him being better than Tua right now. Even though I know Tua's not healthy right now, I still like I, I'm just looking at who's the better player, and I just, I just don't know if I could take him over Tua um, okay. right now, and um, and and like I said, I, I think Chase is the best college football player period like I don't, I don't even think it's even remotely close chase is that much better than everybody else um but i'm happy for joe bro i'm happy for lsu that's the first time they've gotten a heisman i don't even remember the last time they had a heisman finalist was it patrick peterson last night oh honey badger one of them was like a final was a finalist but it was, tight. It was, it was, it was Matthew. yeah it was matthew yeah so yeah. you know it was pretty cool to see lsu win a heisman <clears throat> and um yeah, man. I just like I said. Look, if I had to say who the who the the best the best player, and if if it truly goes to the best player in college football, that is Chase. That is Chase, y'all. It, it's not even close. And whoever's picking number one, I don't care if you need a quarterback. I am picking that boy. Ain't no doubt about it. I'm picking him because that that's he's a generational talent to me. Okay. Okay. Um. Just a couple quick things, I guess, for me, um, since we're talking about college football. 
looking at this panel, well, not the panel, looking at the uh, the candidates for the Heisman, you've got three quarterbacks who are transfers, number one. That wow. just got the portal. The last player is a defensive end who missed two games. Um, I know I talked to Twan before we start the podcast, but I haven't watched this guy play much. But if I know one thing about the Heisman, if you didn't miss two games, <laughs> you're a defensive end of all things, and are still at the Heisman ceremony, you got to be special. Um, he is, man. I can't even remember the last defensive player who was at a Heisman ceremony, to be honest. Uh, do you remember By the last time Ty- Tyron Matthew was there? Um, uh, like Dominican Sue was there. Um, I can't think of the last defensive player. It, it probably was Tyron Matthew. That's the last one I could think of. I know Sue was there. I believe Patrick Peterson was there. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> I know crazy. Charles Woodson won it, the only defense player to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the only – I'm trying to think if there's anybody out there on the West Coast who may have gotten an invite. Nah, they nah. don't put no ball. They don't put the ball out there. Nah. Yeah. Nah. But, uh, but yeah. I just thought that was amazing, though, the fact that, again, you got three quarterbacks. Literally, were just transfers, and 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 now they're in the now they're at the Heisman ceremony. That's that's crazy. Uh, all these guys had, and by the way, these dudes had some crazy good seasons. The numbers they just showed Jalen Hurts had, uh, they compared them to Lamar Jackson's last two years of college. Jalen Hurts was basically like a hundred yards off in passing, a hundred yards behind Lamar in passing and running in both of them. So, I mean, like. Justin Fields, I know he had a crazy good season as well. Um, he's still young. We may see him back next year, more than likely. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I, I just think it's impressive. And, um, I mean, I guess we, we can wait before we start talking about, I guess, you know, playoff predictions for the, you know, the fourth playoff in college. But um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the LSU coach right now. And uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Twan, when Twan makes fun, that dude's voice. It's hilarious. But look, <laughs> just uh, just watching uh, my guy Joe right now, he's crying. He's about to cry hard. I'm I'm at the ooh, ooh. okay. Let's switch topics right quick. Let me turn this chat. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh oh yeah. So last few things before we let y'all go. Um, we're gonna hit on the NBA real quick here. Uh, just some early thoughts. Um, I tell you what, Twan. Before I go too much into it. What's uh what's intrigued you most about this NBA season so far? Um, <laughs> you can say nothing because uh, <laughs> I will say cause I'm trying to. It, there are a couple of things that stood out. Luka Doncic, um, is definitely like setting the bar high. Like the NBA is struggling right now. Everybody knows their ratings are down. Um, you know, and that's that's understandable especially with football but football is just so like every you listen to every sports show and podcast every day they're talking about football but football is only played three days out of the week they're playing basketball every night (laughs) and nobody's really talking about it they might talk about the Lakers and the Clippers here and there Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard had like 40 points a piece in a game and it's not like it's not like it's blaring headline news. Like everybody's worried about what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, um, in in the NFL. So the NBA, all that stuff with China and all that. Other, I mean, that's just 
it's I mean, they're 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 just struggling uh, as far as views. But I do like what I've seen from Luka Doncic. Um, some of the good young players. Um, I cannot think of the kid. Um, what is the kid's name that plays for the Grizzlies? He dropped forty the other night. Like, ja? Yes. No, not Ja. Not no, not Ja. The kid they drafted in the first round last year, the year before last. Oh, Jaren. Jaren, yes, he dropped like forty three, and um, so it's good to see some of these young players play. And it's not just those two. I mean, that Trey Young's doing his thing. There are a lot of young players who are really playing good ball. Um, what's the kid? Uh. I mean, even Markel Fultz is playing some ball. Derek, I mean, it's just a lot of weird stuff going on. Derrick Rose is having like one of the best years of his career right now. Um, Anthony Davis dropped like fifty something. The Lakers are rolling. The Clippers are rolling. Uh, the the Milwaukee Bucks have won like what nineteen straight games. Mm. Crazy like that. I don't know. I'm gonna yeah. be honest. Yeah. When, some... I, when I ask you a question, I was fully prepared to say. Well, until you mentioned Luca, yeah, him, but I'm not intrigued by much. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's 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 football season. Like, uh, I see James Harden's putting up. It sounds like 50, you know, every night. But I'm I'm still not gonna run to watch it because it's football season. Yeah, exactly. And, and even the- when it's over with, I don't even know if I'm gonna go and like be so ready to do it. Exactly. And the worst news that could have ever happened happened. It sounds like we might not see Zion at all this year. And I'm like, well, hell. That was gonna be probably one thing that was gonna make me watch basketball this year. Yeah, watch that that's a good point. That's a really good point. I yeah. think that sucked a lot of life out of the NBA because everybody was really anticipating him. So RJ's even actually playing pretty good um for a rookie. And um I think that everybody just want wanting to see Zion. Um I wouldn't mind if he set out the whole entire year, um, personally, but yeah. I, I mean at, at this point. I mean, just give them something to look for. Everybody, something to look forward to next year. Um, I, I think Zion not playing sucked a lot of life out. Because look at how Zion, how he impacted NCAA last year. Like he, dude, literally had his own camera on him during games. This, I mean, just him alone makes this must see TV. Like I don't see any. There's no must see TV right now in the NBA. Like there's nobody that's like I got to cut the TV on and go watch him play. Right. Like, what are they gonna do tonight? Whether you love the team, hate the team, love the player, hate the player, it's like, I got to see him play. I got to see so-and-so play. And football is so precious and rare because you only get, you know, 16 regular season games, 17 weeks, a few preseason, and it's not a lot, you know. And, and, you know, it's like it's almost like oversaturated in the NBA. And, you know, the only person that could really get that, the only guys that really do that, they're not even playing right now, so I, I just I'm not I'm not into it right now. Can't do it. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, I, I knew after the Warriors got broken up, I knew it was gonna be paired in the NBA. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's get. We, we know Clay's out for a while. You know, okay, we just gotta get through the year with Steph. Steph's not here. Then it's like, all right, we didn't lost KD. We didn't lost Steph. We didn't lost Clay. We didn't lost Zion. I mean, yeah, that's like that's a lot, man. That's a, a lot to lose. Kyrie has, and let's talk about it. Kyrie hasn't necessarily played Kyrie, yeah, because he's been hurt. I mean, is Giannis has missed his first few. Giannis, they said something like he missed his first, uh, I guess, few games this year for the first time in his career and stuff. I'm like, time out, like what? Like all of these dudes are going down. It's just like, uh, like I, I don't know. It's just not intriguing. Um, the more they try to 
put games on TV and say, hey, you know, Wednesday night, you know, ESPN, this and that. Look, I'm not watching the Jazz and Spurs, okay? Yeah, I'm, I can forget that. I can care less about the Jazz and Spurs. Luca is, well, like you said, Luca's probably the one person that I'm kind of like, all right, if he's on, I might flip to it. Yeah, I can watch I can watch the Mavs. They, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr., I think Seth Curry had like 30-something the other night. Um, of course, they got the unicorn. With mm-hmm. Chris like Dallas, I'll give it to them. Like I will watch them. They're on TV. I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, man, I don't. I just don't like nothing. Is I, I just I I watch the highlights. That's it. Like I watch John Morant highlights, other guys. But like it's just it's just not doing it for me. Yeah, and um, and my guy on YouTube, I used to watch all the time. They didn't shut down his page. So Dawkins. Yeah, they shut Dawkins down. Bro. No, he. I know. Hold on. He got. A, he must have another, another page then because I'm getting no. stuff from him. No, you can still get it when you click on the actual video. Though there's no game. There's no like. Uh, there's no actual like gameplay or highlights. It's just showing. Apparently, Dawkins is just now typing in words saying, "Uh, such and such had this many points. He had this many rebounds." He's doing video still, but he's not wow. actually highlights no more. They didn't. They didn't hijack all that. So wow. He's, and folks is letting him have in the comments. It's hilarious. <laughs> so. Like it's crazy though, uh, but yeah, NBA is just not hitting it for me. And for all you Laker fans out there, I know y'all are like, oh well, we got LeBron at eighty. You should watch them, man. I'm gonna just be honest. If it's one player that I get bored watching when they play basketball, LeBron James is not the most entertaining person, guys. It's uh, like that whole team. They they really they're playing at the slowest pace in the NBA by far. Like who wants to watch that? Like nothing exciting. They're not running up and down. No high flying stuff. Like it's uh uh-uh, uh, it's boring. Yeah, it's just not it. Uh, even when not, I, I will say last night, uh, Paul George and Kawhi dropped eighty eight in between both of them, which you know that's probably cool, right? You see, um, I didn't watch it. Uh, I mean, and then I find out Kawhi's not playing back to backs, and you know it's, it's yeah, like it's, it's too much. It's too much going on. So I feel like if I decide to pick up in March. And watch the NBA. If I get into the mood, all of a sudden, you know, uh, I ain't gonna feel like I miss nothing. Honestly, and, and, and you know, it, and truth be told, come around March, February, in February, you know what I'm be concerned. I'm watching Super Bowl, and then you know what I'm be thinking about at the end of February. SFL. No, the combine. Then after the combine, you know what I'm be thinking about free agency. After free agency, thing, I'm thinking about the draft. Then after the draft, I'm thinking about mini camp, and it's all back to the football. Like football is like dominating right now. Yeah, and as I, I just don't know who to, I just don't know what's gonna gonna happen. Uh, with the NBA, they gotta they gotta go get back to the drawing board. They gotta start their um, what's the word I'm looking for the 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 direction that they're like they they're presenting themselves as this super woke league and progressive and you know <laughs> about all of this these things that they want to do. Like, don't nobody care about all this stuff. We just want to watch basketball. And we, we want to be entertained by basketball. And so let's – if they could just go back to the drawing board, like, look, we're just going to go out there, we're going to play, we're going to make the game entertaining um, the way, you know, like it used to be. Um, you know, cut back on some of these ridiculous things that they're allowing players to get away with, all these travels and flopping and all of that stuff. Like, it, it really saps the value out from watching the game. And I, and I love basketball. But yeah. it's just like – I'm. I, like, I don't want to watch these guys flop and flail all over the place. Like, I'd be really more 
much more entertaining watching college basketball. Of course, they play a lot harder. They play every game like it's a playoff game in college. But yeah. I just, you know, these guys sending out all these back-to-backs and the NBA is not doing anything about it. They're scheduling primetime games that nobody wants to watch. <laughs> um, they they just they they got a lot of they got to get back to the drawing board and they start, try to figure out what they're gonna do what, about the, the Chinese situation because they are getting hit in the pocket hard and heavy. With I bet. And then their their numbers their viewership and numbers are down. So they I I just don't know what the NBA is gonna do to fix their their problem. And I the one big thing that they were making on the course like we said earlier was uh, of course Zion and I think yeah. he would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I tell you what, y'all. Um, first of all, again, we're glad to be back. This has been a good pod. Um, before we let y'all go, I want to tell you, first of all, the man is back. Uh, the most elite combat sports guy of all time, Conor McGregor. He will be fighting Cowboy Cerrone uh, January the 18th, I think it is. I will be waiting. I will be glued. Um, we will win. We will get back on top of that mountain. Tuan, you're going to watch the fight? I'm going to be right there watching it with you. All right. Say no more. Um, and I think that's pretty much it, y'all. Uh, once again, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, please continue to follow. Please continue to share. Uh, please continue to listen. We are on uh, Anchor. We are on Spotify. We are on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, before we let y'all go, Tuan, you got anything for him? No, sir. All right, cool, cool. Well, again, thank y'all. We will try to get y'all more podcasts, like I said, a little sooner in the future. Again, uh, work-life balance, you know, it's going to get in the way sometimes. So we're going to try to do our best and stick with you. So, uh, again, thank y'all, and we out.